In Israel, one often sees Arabs and Jews working together and getting along jovially, as they have throughout history. But this time, says one young Israeli, the difference is that we all know that any of those Arab friends could turn around and kill us with the right trigger. Israel stands, battered but battle-hardened, in many ways more successful than ever. Yet with the Islamist tide rising relentlessly throughout the region, how much longer can it last? The Israelis stand united and confident, committed to fighting for what they have. That's more than the Europeans can say, and maybe more than we can say. Still, Israelis are nervous about the future. When here, it feels as if there were always a hurricane just nearby, threatening to make landfall. Across the Lebanese border to the north, Hezbollah gathers strength in spooky silence, armed with more rockets than most NATO countries. To the northeast, across from the Golan Heights, the Syrian state has all but collapsed, and the al-Nusra Front, an al-Qaeda branch, is vying with neighboring Hezbollah for control. To the southwest lies Hamas, arming again for war while Gaza crumbles. And in the broader Middle East, the modern state system seems to be collapsing as terrorist networks such as ISIS and Hezbollah learn to provide services and control territory while fighting. At the moment, Israel's borders are quiet, but this is merely an interregnum in a missile terror war that began in 2005, when Israel withdrew from Gaza and Hamas began its steady stream of rocket fire. In recent years, Hamas and Hezbollah alike have embraced missile attacks as the strategy most likely to terrorize the Jews into abandoning the land. In the first phase of the last Gaza war, Hamas rained hundreds of missiles down on Israel every day and nearly managed to shutter Israel's main airport. Missile terrorism poses a unique threat to the state itself, a threat out of proportion to its civilian toll. During the 2006 war with Hezbollah, which fired more than 100 missiles every day at Israel's northern cities, a million Israelis were forced to live in bomb shelters for weeks. If enough Jews had then decided to leave the land entirely, the Islamist vision of wiping Israel from the map might at long last have been realized. This time, when thousands of Hamas missiles filled the skies, Israel had the Iron Dome missile defense system in place. Iron Dome cannot intercept all incoming missiles, but it still proved a game-changer. Rather than descending en masse into shelters as missile sirens blared in Tel Aviv, Israelis tell me, they stood watching on rooftops and during wedding receptions as the interceptor's contrails streaked upwards, cheering as one brilliant explosion after another lit up the sky. But Hezbollah's missile arsenal, perhaps twenty times as large as that of Hamas, would overwhelm Iron Dome and Hezbollah's Iranian masters are everywhere in the ascendant and on the cusp of attaining nuclear weapons. Israel's hopes lie increasingly with a de facto alliance of Arab states, including principally Egypt, Jordan, and Saudi Arabia, that also see Sunni extremists such as ISIS and the Muslim Brotherhood as existential threats. Those states are increasingly wary of America because, in the apparent hope of achieving any nuclear deal with Iran, President Obama has been willing to accept and indeed strengthen Iranian hegemony over large swaths of the Middle East, including four Arab capitals, in addition to letting Iran keep all the elements of a nuclear weapons program. Congress looks set to insist on imposing sanctions unless Iran dismantles its nuclear weapons program, something the Iranians have not the slightest intention of doing, not least because Obama has already agreed to let them keep it. 
A major clash is brewing between Obama and pro-Israel Democrats in Congress, dramatically raising the stakes on Israeli Prime Minister Benjamin Netanyahu's planned address to Congress in early March, just days before elections in Israel. Obama is pressuring Democrats to boycott Netanyahu's speech, a horrible message for an American president to send at a time when anti-Semitism around the world is reaching levels not seen since the days of the Nazis. There are glimmers of hope for reconciliation, but they lie in a different direction than is commonly supposed. As the Israeli politician Naftali Bennett likes to point out, most of today's Israeli-Palestinian violence originates in Gaza, from which Israel withdrew, rather than in the West Bank, where Israel remains engaged. Today's West Bank is indeed a much more hopeful place than Gaza. As I cross Israeli checkpoints into the West Bank for the first time, I'm a bit nervous passing signs that warn of mortal danger ahead. But when I arrive in the bustling city of Ramallah, I am quickly at ease. It's a